0: It's that point in the week, folks. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft, part of the Locked On Network. And uh, we're brought to you today by McDonald's. Check them out as well. It is the three of us again. Rob Rang is back, me, Eric Crocker. Um, And we're going to get into some arguments, we're going to get into some fights. We got a lot to talk about that's coming up this week with Rob. And then we're going to get into Thursday Night Football. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft.
1: are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Locked On. NFL Draft. I am your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Tracy, and my co-host every Thursday, Rob Brang. Man, how y'all doing?
1: I'm doing very well. How are you guys?
2: We're good. And we want to make sure that we thank everybody for making us their first listen. And of course, after you listen to this, make sure you guys listen to Locked On NFL Chiefs, Locked On NFL Seahawks, and also of course, I already know you already, you already listened to Locked On 49ers, all right? So, and I know because I look at the numbers. Let's go, baby. But anyways, <laughs> so um, we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about on this episode. And Rob, of course, he's getting into another article and he has some really good discussions and some things that I'm extremely passionate about with this. I have some really good uh, takes on this. But Rob, go ahead and kind of kick us up. And we got a couple of debates here. So let's start with the first guys that who who are the first guys that you want to kind of pin against each other in this?
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Is so each week, of course, we are kind of highlighting one of the articles I'm gonna be writing for, for Fox Sports. And on Friday this week, gentlemen, I'm gonna be kind of breaking down, uh, you know, just just taking a look back at, at some of the draft day debates that we had. This past spring, so I think the first one that we have to talk about right now, it's just because it's so topical, is was the debate between should the Cincinnati Bengals reunite Joe Burrow with uh, the wide receiver that he had, he made such great music with uh, Jamar Chase at LSU, and obviously now the Cincinnati Bengals have done the exact same thing, selecting him, uh, Jamar Chase over the offensive tackle Penay Sewell. Everybody remembers the fact that Joe Burrow got injured this past season, uh, you know when when he did have much protect, uh, protection excuse me um, along the offensive line and now jamar Chase looks like one of not only one of the best rookie wide receivers but one of the best NFL wide receivers uh, in throughout the entire league. so to me that that that's one of those conversations that i think kind of answers itself at least in my opinion but I, as you said Crocker, I'm curious to hear kind of your uh you know thoughts on this because as you said you do have some bold statements and some some strong feelings on the topic. Yeah, so my strong feelings at the
2: time, and I should, listen, I am willing to admit when I was wrong, all right? I was bullish on the fact that there is no way you don't take this generational 20-year-old tackle at five when your quarterbacks come off a torn ACL, and I had Bengals fans tell me, well, no, they signed this guy, and they signed that guy, and I'm like, that guy's not Panay Sewell. You need Panay Sewell, this receiver. They got receivers. They got T. Higgins. He was almost a 1,000-yard receiver. They have Boyd. He's been a 1,000-yard receiver a couple times. Like, Dude, you got a lot to build on at the receiver position right now. And really, with the receiver position, you 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 can manufacture touches, you can't manufacture a pass blocker. Like you can't, you can maybe try to piece things together. But when you got this 20 year old guy out of Oregon, that's like a, a long term cornerstone piece at the tackle position. You don't pass up on that for a receiver. And I clearly was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. This dude has been terrific, he's been amazing. Um, I was one that really pushed back on the thoughts of him being a generational talent at the receiver position. Because when I think of generational, I think of, I man, if you don't look like Megatron, you know, Calvin Johnson, 6'5", 240 pounds, running four threes, then there's a lot of people out there like you. But I will say, even if he's not quote unquote generational, we'll see if he ends up being that type of NFL receiver. He is phenomenal. Over 700 yards in seven games right now. I mean, he's on pace for over 1,800 receiving yards. He's been a safety blanket. He's winning vertically. He's winning intermediate. He's breaking tackles. I mean, he's just, he's been tremendous. And it's crazy because you know he's kind of getting the ball and he still uh, gets off. Ryan, what were kind of your thoughts on that whole situation during the draft when it was all playing out?
0: I think Rob hit the most important word for reunited because I think that's really the difference here. It's it's that force multiplication of those guys having that background and being better than the average rookie that walks in has to get to know a new quarterback. You know what I mean? I think that was it. And if you guys don't mind, I'll even share with you how close it was for me. I'll put my screen up here. For those of you that are on the YouTube uh, channel, make sure you check that out. And if you're listening on audio, go ahead and get back there uh, onto YouTube. And I'll show you just because uh, I it every year over at my website, if this comes up, knock on wood um crock i think you have to put that in
2: okay i got you
0: at uh rogue is my site and you can get over there oh now it's got that in the way there we go and so uh when you blow it up this is it this is how close these guys were and i I do everything by tears you can see i have chase here as a top 10 and i've still just outside of it but that's that's how very very tight that it was for me and if it hadn't been for the fact that they were had that that connection I think it probably would have gone the other direction for me in terms of being happy with with what they got out of it I think it is that that reunited piece and, and they're not the only ones you can see the difference between what you see with quarterback wide receiver combinations in Miami and in Philadelphia that you would hope might have the same kind of gusto but clearly Rob this is this is it this is the thing that that separates them it is those two guys.
1: No, I think that it is. I think that just the connection that um, that that Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow have has been special, Um, you know, and and I think that there is something to be said for the fact that obviously we are living this pandemic era. And and so teams were not able to kind of focus in on that kind of stuff quite as much. Uh, I think that just on paper that the Cincinnati Bengals had a bigger need, as Eric just mentioned, had a bigger need for protecting Joe Burrow. But, you know, this isn't – the game isn't played on paper, you know. And and, and we want to make sure that that Joe Burrow feels as comfortable as possible. So I can only imagine the conversation the Cincinnati Bengals had. Like, all right, Joe Burrow, do you want an offensive tackle that maybe you've met a couple of times on social media? Or do you want a Jamar Chase that you helped, you know, helped get you the, the national championship and a Heisman Trophy? You know, I mean, that's the kind of thing. And so uh, I'm sure that Joe Burrow said, hey, give me Jamar Chase all over again. But these these are two players, of course, there's an awful lot of risk factor there. I mean, the bust rate among wide receivers is almost as bad as it is uh, a quarterback. I mean, it is a risky position. Um, And and the Cincinnati Bengals have had their, you know, their their issues with that. I mean, we all remember Peter Work. We all remember John Ross, you know, top 10, top. You know, top 10 selections that the Cincinnati Bengals have gambled on off or on on wider receivers and lost. But Jamar Chase looks like, at least in my opinion, a slam dunk first uh, you know, offensive rookie of the year right now. And the Cincinnati Bengals, it's not just about statistics. I mean, they're winning football games. I mean, that was really impressive what they did against the Baltimore Ravens. So that's one of the debates that we're going to be looking at. I, I'm curious to hear your guys' opinions as well, though, on the next topic that, that we're going to be breaking down. And that would be the the, the quarterback debate, the San Francisco 49ers. And they, they made the bold trade up. There had been a lot of talk that it was going to be Mac Jones. They obviously wound up going with Trey Lance. I, I personally think that Trey Lance might be the better schematic fit for the San Francisco 49ers for Kyle Shanahan. But at the same time, when you see the impact that uh, that Mac Jones is having for the New England Patriots, you know, I think that just kind of lends the credence to the idea that maybe the, the 49ers should have gone with Mac Jones. I'm not mm. sure that they should have, but at the mm. same time, the statistics are what they are. And, and Mac Jones right now is walking around just like he did last year, you know, winning games. And, and that's what it's all about. That is. And you know what? We're going to touch more on this when we get back
2: from our break because I definitely have some strong takes (laughs) and it's going to take a while, baby. All right. So we'll be right back, y'all. This episode of Locked On NFL Draft is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving our community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get some tasty, affordable food. It's been a place where your friends and family can come and connect. A place where classmates can meet up for study groups knowing They'll be, you know, have some dependable Wi-Fi, endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. And if you're my daughter, she really loves the apple pies. Win or lose, it's a place where your teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping by on a long road trip to kind of rest those legs and stretch out and walk around. All right, so I know me personally, one thing that really kind of gets overlooked with McDonald's, man, they have an amazing app. Use the app. They got all kind of cool stuff on there, all kind of deals, uh, and you know just other things that may be needed when you go into uh, uh McDonald's or you know stopping by after a big sporting event, connecting Wi-Fi, birthday parties, and you know maybe you work at McDonald's. You know grabbing a McDonald's after a busy day or when you're late to something and you need something delicious and dependable right now, McDonald's is the place for you. So head over to your local McDonald's to refill and connect. And did somebody say, locked on NFL draft watch party? Hmm, maybe we'll do that at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. Go to your McDonald's right now. Let's go. This episode is also brought to you guys by Rock Auto. And with the ever-increasing numbers and makes and models, it's now possible for your local chain to carry all the parts that you need for your vehicle. And why endure often pointless and seamless intimidating questioning for your vehicle and wait while this person buying the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers at your house. You have a phone in your pocket. Right now just go to rockauto.com. All right. And choose. I know me personally, I want to save money. I want to save time. So that's why I use rock auto. All right. Why choose to spend 30%, 50% or even a hundred percent more on the same parts from a chain store or a dealership when you can go to rockauto.com. All right, Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto also has prices that are reliably low for every customer. They have everything that you could ever need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and... Randomly, they have carpet as well, new carpet. (laughs) Did not know that, but when you go to the website, you see all that. So I definitely encourage you guys to go over there right now and check that out. Go explore the website to find the solution to your auto part needs. All right, so how do you do this? You go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when they ask how you found us, right, locked on in there. And how did you hear about us? That's how you do it, all right? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, welcome back. As we already said, we got Ryan Tracy. We got Rob Rang with us, and we're discussing some hot topics and definitely hot buttons for myself. <laughs> and right now, before we get to break, we have Rob talking about Mac Jones should have been the guy for the 49ers. And this is this is my thing, man. This is my thing. And we talked about it uh, yesterday, Ryan Tracy and I. We were talking about, you know, kind of rushing the, the development of some of these younger guys. And when you look at a Trey Lance and you look at a Mac Jones, I do believe that we we kind of knew where each guy was, right, heading into the draft process. I think most people say, you know what, Mac Jones, he's the guy who is an, a very efficient thrower of the football. He's a he's a very efficient ball distributor. Uh, you could see, and I tweeted this out, I thought he had the best pocket movement than probably anybody I've seen in recent years from the quarterback position. There's just his feel for just sliding left, sliding right, you know, snapping passes off. But you also saw, well, he's probably a little bit more mobile than people give him credit for, but definitely not as mobile as the other top guys. His arm strength, you know, he throws a good deep ball, but it uh, doesn't have that power with his arm as the other guy. So it was almost like, okay, well, what's his what's his upside? And I think right now what we're seeing, it might not matter. Maybe his upside is Tom Brady, and people were kind of throwing that around because he's that style of quarterback. But you also have a guy like Trey Lance, who you watch him at North Dakota State, and I get it. You know, 17 stars, even though Mac Jones only has 17 stars, but 17 starts at North Dakota State is FCS, uh, level football, so he's not even the highest level, and he dominated. And he didn't just do it with his arm; did it with his legs as well. What I was looking at most when it came to him was just the powerful attributes that he possesses now it could get dangerous with this but I also was a guy who would have missed on Josh Allen because I didn't like Josh Allen. I thought he was a little too erratic I had watched him against Oregon I'm like oh my gosh there's a stinky performance I watched him against some other uh division one higher uh power five schools I'm like gosh why do people like this guy and then he when he came into the NFL I got that like uh confirmation biasness where I'm like 52 percent passer like this what you take top 10 and now we see what he is and it's like MVP candidate can put the team on his back, throwing the ball around. He's doing all these great things. I think the biggest difference between Josh Allen and Trey Lance is Josh Allen definitely has way more reps throwing the ball and he uh, have more, he spent more time in college. But when I look at Trey Lance, I feel like he possesses everything that I want my quarterback to have. If I was to kind of draw up, you know, arm strength, athletic ability, smarts played on the center, everything that he's able to do, I loved it. Now, the biggest thing is, well, how's it going to translate to the NFL? And, and we figured because of his inexperience, that was going to be a process. And I think right now we're seeing a process, but it hasn't been bad. You know, you, you watch them against the Arizona Cardinals. You you see them make throws and you see them do some special things. Then you see them do a boneheaded throw or miss a pass. And you're just like, you know what? It's going to take some time for this to all come together. But everything that they said about him, extremely uh, high work ethic. Smart kid, uh soaked up everything that people taught him, wants to learn, wants, wants to be the best, wants more, still has this chip on his shoulder from being passed over in college or coming out of high school. And he just possesses all those things where I'm like, you know what? He's going to be big time. We just might have to be a little patient with him. And I think that's what Foynard is doing right now. So I think to kind of go back and answer your question when it comes to Mac Jones, and it comes to Trey Lance, I was really big on Trey Lance, I really liked him, so I 100% would have taken him, but I also know what Mac Jones is, and I'm not surprised at all with how he has looked for the New England Patriots. This is, Here's a question for y'all. If the New England Patriots were sitting at three, would they have taken Mac Jones over a Justin Fields or uh, Trey Lance?
0: I would like well, to hear, that's right? That's what, it comes down to yeah. the debate. It, I'll be quick. I promise. I know this is your guy. so. <laughs> but it comes down to, I think it worked out exactly the way that it should have. And I think maybe if, even if they had that pick, it would have worked out the same way. Because I, to me, it was a debate before the draft. And even certainly after the draft, it still fits. It's floor versus ceiling. And Mac Jones can walk into a, a, a system that is set up for a guy that's very similar to him coming off of the, of the dynasty, where I think in particular, Josh McDaniels doesn't have to go way out of his way to redesign things, that he can Fit that peg into the hole that's already there on that roster. Whereas the opposite for Shanahan, who wants to be creative, who wants to come up with new wrinkles, I mean Trey Lance is like the guy in this draft class that I think he wanted from the very get go, and he just did a good job hiding it.
2: Yeah, and people no. are saying like, no, he's not the guy. It was Mac Jones. I'm like, if if Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones, and I'm not saying he did not. I, I do think he really liked Mac Jones, and there were a lot of things to really like about Mac Jones. But if he, if he wanted to draft Mac Jones, then he would have drafted Mac Jones. Kyle Shanahan runs that organization. The only person over him is Jet York. And because of the situation that Kyle Shanahan had in Washington, where they made him draft a guy that he did not want, and he actually wanted Kirk Cousins a little later, there was no way that he was going to put himself in a position where someone was going to tell him what quarterback he had to take.
1: No, I, I 100% agree with you. I In both, both your takes, uh, I think that, you know, Eric, obviously your perspective on it with the 49ers is is unparalleled, you know, and then Ryan, the way that you described it, I think is spot on, you know, I mean, the, the, the Patriots already had kind of a, you know, they wanted a round hole, not square peg kind of a guy. And they got that with Mac Jones. And so I I do think that, that both players are in the position which, where they're going to succeed the easiest. You know, I mean, Mac Jones and just his understanding, his ability to move in the pocket, as you said, Eric, and uh, his accuracy down the field. The the fact that he went from an Alabama team that obviously had a superstar at the running back position, Najee Harris, um, that they are going to the New England Patriots here. And, uh, you know, they're going to focus on running the football and playing sound defense as well. Um, You know, the, the, the transition from Nick Saban to Bill Belichick is a relatively minor one. And then you have a guy like a Kyle Shanahan, like a lot of coaches in today's modern era who are a little bit more player friendly, then you, you got to go with the guy who has the higher upside. And I think that fits in with what Kyle Shanahan is looking to do. You, you look at the NFC West. I mean, it is truly an arms race in that division. You know, you got the Matt Stafford's, you have the Kyler Murray's, you have the Russell Wilson's Jimmy Garoppolo, when he is healthy, has been a spectacular quarterback as well. So we, I think we all realize that, that, Trey Lance has a great deal of physical upside. It would not have made as much sense just to throw him onto the field. I think that he would have struggled. But to be able to play a little bit behind Jimmy Garoppolo, allow him to earn that position, which I think he, he's doing, by the way, uh, I think that this is, to me, was uh, a, a perfect marriage of sorts for for both clubs. And so that that, to me, is one of the things I'm most excited about. Uh, about this particular piece on Fox Sports. I mentioned Najee Harris. There's been lots of other debates. Was Najee Harris or any other running back worthy of a first-round pick? Was Kyle Pitts the tight end? What was Mm. he worthy of a top-five pick? I mean, to me, there is lots of different debates from last year's draft that are making some of these NFL general managers actually look pretty smart because I think that they did made a lot of the right choices, and people want to just blast guys, you know, blast head coaches, blast general managers. I think that this 2021 NFL draft is proving there's a lot of general managers who did a heck of a job, a lot of NFL coaches are doing a heck of a job as well.
2: So my my whole thing was, especially with the running back position, and we touched on that. I'm probably not taking a running back first round. I'm just not. I, I just see too many guys, and I, and I never understood the ETN uh, draft pick to Jacksonville when they had Robinson on a rookie contract, and he was undrafted, and you just had him run for over a 1,000 yards. Did not make sense. Then they talk about moving him at receiver. That didn't make even more sense. Uh, I would say with Najee Harris, I, I think he is a very intriguing prospect, and he does a lot of things extremely well. I would have liked, especially if I'm going to take a running back in the first round, a little bit more explosiveness from him. I think he does do things well. He runs well. He catches well. He does everything very well. But is he that guy that's going to really break off those big home run hitting uh, you know, plays in the NFL. And if you're a running back that's not doing that, it's, it's just hard for me to take you in the first round. Now, and I'll let you guys talk, touch on that as well, but when it comes to Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts was the only receiver or pass catching target I would take in the top 10. And really I'm thinking more top 15 because I kind of touched on it and maybe I'll still be wrong because Jamar Chase is amazing, but Receiving the receiver position is just too easy to manufacture touches and get that production from guys in later rounds, whether it's DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Debo Samuel, Tarek McLaurin. I mean, we saw that all in just the 2019 draft alone, how these guys are really productive, you know, but when it comes to Kyle Pitts tight ends, they're not having that type of production throughout the draft or throughout all rounds. Yeah. You have kind of these random guys like George Kittle, but for the most part, you know, to have a guy that's six foot six like he is, and two hundred and forty-five pounds, two hundred and fifty pounds, that runs the way that he does, that moves the way he does, as fluid as he is, a matchup nightmare. I just watched uh the 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 Falcons line him up on the outside last game and just said, just run a go route. All right. And he ran by a guy and caught the ball down the field with one hand. You know, that is something you can't manufacture that. You have that or you don't. So with him, that's the one guy where I know he's a tight end, but I would take him top 10. That was the only pass catcher I would have taken top 10. And I probably would have been wrong because, again, Jamar Chase is amazing.
0: I think the bag for your buck at that position, though, is worth it. I think this, this selection is making Terry Fontenot be one of those GMs that you're talking about, Rob, that this is making him look smart because of the versatility because that the traditional Y type tight end is, is, is slowly aging away. If you look at past drafts, whether it's Gusecki lately, we've seen some flashes, but it took him a little bit, but now I think Kyle is justifying that selection. How do you feel about it?
1: No, I, I 100% agree, and, and I think that uh, it's a lot easier when you have a former uh, you know, NFL MVP and Matt Ryan throwing him the football, you mm-hmm. know, and, and he knows I mean, he doesn't have Julio Jones there anymore, he doesn't have the, the dominant running game that uh, you know, they've had at times in Atlanta as well, and so he, he basically is being forced to uh, to you know, to, to feature Kyle, Kyle Pitts, but at the same time. As Eric was just mentioning, I mean, Kyle Pitts doesn't have to be forced into being a dominant player. He is a dominant player. There's a reason why so many people were describing him as a unicorn. This is just a special, special guy. So to me, that's one of the fascinating things about it. And, you know, I I would push back a little bit on the Najee Harris Conversation specifically for the Pittsburgh Steelers, not necessarily for lots of other NFL teams. I, I think that, again, what Eric was just mentioning about the lack of the, the straight line breakaway speed. Harris does not have that. But the fact that he is, or at least was recently, leading the Steelers not only in rushing yards, obviously what you expect from a first-round running back, but receiving yards as well. Receptions as well that he has been, uh, you know, everything I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers could have possibly hoped in investing that first round pick in. They're basically saying, look, we want you to be the future face of our franchise. We want you to try to add a couple of more years to Ben Roethlisberger's career. I think Najee Harris has been all of that and more. But at the same time, as Crocker mentioned, you're talking about James Robinson, Jacksonville, obviously undrafted free agent who is having similar production for for Jacksonville. Um, Javante Williams is a second round pick for the Denver Broncos is having similar production as well. There is a strong argument to be made that you never draft a running back just because there are so many kind of like the wide receiver position. But I think for the Pittsburgh Steelers and where they were at, and we'll see if it winds up turning into a playoff, uh, you know, Caliber team, if it's not a playoff caliber team for Pittsburgh, then, then maybe it didn't justify that selection, regardless of how well Najee Harris plays himself individually.
2: Yeah, and the 49ers, I touched on them. I mean, they drafted Elijah Mitchell in the sixth round, and you know, there's a debate as to why did they draft Trey Sermon in third round. They don't even play him. Elijah Mitchell's been better, and now there's their value argument again, all right? And I'm curious to see. You know, down the line in a few years, how all this has played out. But we got to get to our last topic. All right, so on the other side of this, we're going to get to Thursday Night Football. Talk about some rookie prospects in that game that we, you know, have some opinions on. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we are back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props and lines than ever ever before battle lines remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season head over to our new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent off welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball football Baseball and postseason baseball, NHL, boxing, UFC, and your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of this amazing offer that's available to you throughout the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So, what do you do? Go to Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, here we go, man. Uh, Thursday Night Football. Coming up, and we got the Arizona Cardinals against the Green Bay Packers. And we got some, I know off the top of my head, there were a few guys that just came right to mind. And it was Amari Rodgers for Green Bay, who's going to be playing because you got Devontae Adams out. It looks like he's not going to be able to play. We'll see. But last I heard, it was kind of like really questionable. You also, on the other side for Green Bay, have Eric Stokes Jr., the cornerback out of Georgia, first round pick. And then the Cardinals, they got uh, Marco Wilson, who had one of the most amazing pro days ever, and not just from a forty time that could be, you know, false or whatever. His broad jump, his vertical jump, everything was through roof. rookie cornerback out of Florida. And on the other side, you have Rondell Moore, the the explosive receiver out of Purdue. So, which guys are you guys looking forward to uh, watching?
1: Right, I'll yes. I'll deliver to you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, I, I, I was torn back and forth um on the DBs themselves. I was one of those that was a proponent of Wilson just because of the upside. I think obviously a tumultuous career in Florida. You could probably say that and feel pretty good about it, but it was up what- and down. Right. Uh, So what happens when you get in professional locker? What happens when you start taking that step forward? And despite, I think, draft position, I think that you could say that what is he allowing? I think 60 percent completion percentage. I'm comfortable with that. And I think there's a lot of upside there to be had, again, along with the maturation process. But it's Stokes that I think really stood out. Obviously, he made that big splash with how how well he timed. And I think that did affect his draft uh, position quite a bit. But he's down at 56% completion uh, percentage. And that's one of my number one things. It just seems like a carryover of his, of his college careers that I, I'm not seeing the PBUs and the takeaways maybe as much as I expected. Although in this group, he is leading that. So I'm pretty comfortable with that. And just one more to throw in I like, uh, I want to see Zayvon Collins tonight.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> big guy. Big guy. Big guy. I didn't know he well, was that big. He wears his uniform well. He wears his weight well. He's like 6'4, 260 pounds. But when you look at him and you just watch him move and what it looks like in the uniform, it looks like he's about, you know, 6'3", 225, 230. (laughs) I was blown away when I was told that he was 260 pounds. Peacock, locked on 49ers. He's the one that told me that. I couldn't believe it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree with you and all the players that we've kind of talked about. You know, uh, I think that with, um, you know, to me, when I look at this draft class, force, and let's say the Arizona Cardinals, I mean they are the only undefeated team in the NFL right now. So let's you know kind of tip our cap to them. And I think we got to talk about Rondell Moore a little bit more. I mean, you know, we were just having a conversation about do how do you justify selecting a wide receiver in the first round, especially when one of the most dynamic athletes in the entire draft winds up falling to the Arizona Cardinals, uh, you know, lap in the second round. Uh, And just his combination of speed and talk about explosiveness. I mean, for a short man, this is a powerful man. Uh, You know, I think that uh, all of the comparisons to the former NFL all pro Steve Smith are are very much being warranted. Mm. With what you are seeing from here, uh, seeing from Moore, especially in an Arizona Cardinals offense that you know Kyla Murray is putting on a kind of an NFL MVP kind of a season, and and you already have a talent that is DeAndre Hopkins, that is AJ Green, and Christian Kirk is a good solid player as well. But Rondale Moore is adding a whole different element to that squad. And so certainly, you know, you look at Zayvon Collins switching over to the, you know, the first round pick. And as you mentioned, Crocker, I mean, just the the, you know, the big man that he is and you compliment him with last year's first round pick Isaiah Simmons. You think about the dynamic tight ends, that, say in San Francisco with, with George Kittle and all the talent that the Los Angeles Rams have, the Seahawks have fallen off a bit this year, but still I think a big part of that is because the Arizona Cardinals are coming to play. You know, and so I really think that that they deserve a lot of credit um, for for their draft class, and then switching back over to the Green Bay Packers. While Amari Rodgers might get a little bit more play, you're right with the Devonte Adams injury stuff and or COVID stuff and all that kind of stuff. I'm curious to kind of see if he gets his opportunity here. The center, Josh Myers, the second round pick, to me has been a guy that hasn't gotten a lot enough attention uh, for the way he played for the first month of the season. Now, there's been some injury issues since, but still imagine all the pressure that he was facing. Um, you know, you're you're gonna be trying to protect for quarterback Aaron Rodgers, who basically was gonna sit out the season and retire. And instead, he's been providing stellar pass protection as well as that running game as a second round pick for a team like the green Bay Packers who have had the durability issues that they've had along the offensive line. To me, Josh Myers was a slam dunk star in the second round and one of the forty or the, the Packers, excuse me, can feel really good about for a long
0: time. I can't argue yeah. with you. I want to ask you guys both for your take on this real quick back to um, Rondale in for me, it kind of justifies the concept that you hear people talk about sometimes, especially at the wide receiver position. You know, two classes ago, they, they drafted three guys, and Andy Isabella, Hakeem Butler, and Keyshawn Johnson, right? And, and I don't want to say struck out on everybody, but for two of those players, I think that's a, that's a strong possibility, right? So does that feed into the philosophy draft-wise, if you're the front office, of just keep taking strikes at this, keep taking guys that you think might fit, and eventually you're going to build your wide receiver basketball team.
2: Yeah, I mean, and, and I like the way they've done it. You know, they have all these different style of guys, and, you know, they just figured it out. And I think one thing about drafting, everybody pays so much attention to the teams that they cover and or the teams that they root for. But you have to look around the league and see how other teams are doing it And a lot of times, if you kind of really pay attention, there's no real like science to being really good at picking a certain position. Maybe some teams do a little bit better than others, but at the end of the day, I think pouring more resources to it, uh, using free agency, using the trade, using the draft over and over, eventually you'll kind of lock into a core two, three guys that you really like it, and you kind of just uh, continue to kind of build on that. And that's kind of been like this, the Pittsburgh Steelers philosophy for many years where you know they take these guys mid-rounds and you know, guys that end up panning out. A couple of them won't, but it doesn't matter for the ones that don't because they keep swinging. They keep bringing guys in. They keep drafting the guys second round, third round, fifth round, and eventually they have their core guy. I, I like the guys that they have right now in the house. They're all different. They all are utilized in different ways, and we see the Arizona Cardinals. They've kind of modeled their t- their uh receiving uh, group after kind of what the Pittsburgh Steelers do.
1: Well, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Green Bay Packers being another one, you know, I think because we're talking about the Packers here and the fact that they've had so much success, you know, in the second and third rounds, the wide receiver position, obviously Devontae Adams, second round pick, but, but, you know, some of the guys that they've had in the past, I mean, Jordy Nelson being one, James Jones being one, you know, of guys that they have been able to select in later rounds and then wind up having that production. And so that's a tip of the cap to, you know, uh, Ted Thompson, the you know late great GM there, um, and some of the others in Green Bay, but I also think it's an acknowledgement about the power of the quarterback position. Um, I think the Arizona Cardinals—you got you got Kyler Murray, you got him in the perfect offense at Cliff Kingsbury, and then as you mentioned, Crocker about the fact that the Cardinals are not only taking wide receivers, they're taking guys that are different sizes, different speeds, different—they they really complement each other well. And that, to me, is one of the most exciting things. That's good drafting, is understanding your current roster and really marrying the idea of scouting and coaching. Who can absolutely take this team to the next level? I think the Arizona Cardinals and Green Bay Packers, for that part, uh, really have done a great job of doing that.
2: Yeah, and it's definitely working out for all those guys right now, man. But uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. Ryan, Rob, I appreciate you guys coming on here, chopping it up. This was a great discussion i hope you guys enjoyed it too and i really want to thank you guys for being for us being your first listen of the day all right from ryan tracy from rob rain from eric crocker that's it locked on nfl draft we'll see you guys next time